Hey guys, it's Cream, aka Miss Cream of the Crop, and welcome to another amazing episode of Conversations with Cream. I have one of four owners of Miss AC's restaurant, and I'm really excited. Her name is Tasha. Yes, Tasha. I mean, listen. Can you get any more amazing? Can you get any more Black Girl Magic than Tasha? Like, this you already know this is going to be an amazing Black Girl Magic interview. Because her name's Tasha, like that's such a, such a black girl magic name. I love it. I love it. So I can't wait to introduce you guys to her. We're going to be talking about the grand opening of her restaurant. You guys already know we're going to be discussing women empowerment because that's near and dear to my heart. And we're going to be discussing everything else that Tasha wants to discuss. So let's get right into it. So Tasha, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. How are you this afternoon? I am doing amazing. Thanks for that great introduction. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Of course. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for considering me and taking time to feature us. Listen, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know that your new re-grand opening is only days away, so I can only imagine what's on your platter. I was going to say plate, but a plate is too small. For what you guys probably have going on right now, so I can only imagine what's on your platter. So thank you for taking time out of your day for this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you're one of four owners of Miss A- Miss Icy's. I'm sorry, of Miss Icy's. So tell me a little bit about your other um, co-owners of the restaurant and why you guys work well together. Absolutely. So I am, like you said, one of. It's actually five of us. So I'm one oh, of okay. five. Okay. And I'm the only one. Um, but I think we work well together because we all have different strengths. And when you're building a team, you don't want everybody who knows how to do one thing well. You want multiple people to have different talents because no one person knows how to do every single thing amazingly. So I think we, we thrive off of each other's strengths and where I can't do something as well, then somebody else could come in. Or when we delegate, we're like, all right, you're good at this. I'm good at this. He's good at that. He's good at that. When we put that together, we get what we've been doing, which is amazing restaurant. Awesome. So how long have you guys been working together? Um, so three of us have worked together for, um, I, I want to say, 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah. So 10 years, because um, we're all from New York, but three of us worked from New York together. Um, I started at one of my business partners' mother's restaurant. That's actually how we met. Um, so when I moved to New York from St. Lucia, I'm originally from St. Lucia. I moved to New York for college. And one of my friends was like, do you need a job? I'm like, of course I need a job. My dad is not about to send me money that he has to convert to dollars <laughs> so I could be out here having my shenanigans. So fast forward, I got hired. I didn't meet Sim. Sim is uh, my one of my business partners whose mom started in the grill. I didn't meet him probably for two or three years while working with his mother, who I actually learned everything from restaurant-wise. Um, so, like, kudos to her. I love giving her flowers. She's an immigrant Caribbean woman just like myself. She moved to America very young, um, and she had her first restaurant when she was 30, I want to say. So, you know, she's, she's a beast at what she does, and she's still doing it. So 
fast forward, uh, started working at the second the grill as well, where I met Clive, and we've actually been working together ever since. Um, Clive and I consulted on a restaurant in Brooklyn, and then Sim and his mom were coming down to Atlanta where she wanted to expand and open another new grill, and Clive came down to help. I get a call one day. He goes, bruh, you need to come down here. And I was like, bruh, no, I don't. (laughs) I thought you should come. I was like, because I don't want to be in Atlanta. It might be too slow. You know, just the... The typical New York answer about living down south. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm still here, right? Uh, I said, okay, I'll come down for a month. Let me see what happens. Let me see how I feel about it. I have a really good apartment right now. I don't want to give that up. You know how expensive rent is in New York. Yes. Um, Yeah, I came down, spent a month, and I absolutely hated it. I was like, I don't want to be here. I'm a creature of habit and comfort. There's no pizza down the street. When we get out of work at 2 a.m., we want to eat. So it was an adjustment. I left. And then he calls me two weeks later. All right, you've got to stop playing. We really need your help. Come back. I came back, and I'm, I'm still here. Um, but a year and a half into us being down here, Tim is just like, what do you guys think of us getting our own restaurant? We should go look at spaces. And that's kind of what we did. Yeah. Open Miss Icy's Kitchen first. And we're going to be four years on Wednesday. We weathered the pandemic, and it's been it's been a ride, to say the least, but a good ride, a very yeah. educational ride, um, and just it's helped us all grow so much and just learn ourselves a little better as individuals, as business people, as a group of people working together who obviously we have disagreements when it comes to certain things, but it's never malicious. Yeah. You know, I was just the staff because we just did a training and you know I feel like we're fed this notion that black people don't work together or black people don't commune and I'm just like that's the furthest thing from the truth like, the furthest thing from the truth we've been fed that notion for a long time and I was like you can't, you can't feed into it literally right I'm like because it's not true I've worked with everybody who's here for the last five years Mm-hmm. People prior to that, I've always worked with black people. I've always been employed. Like 90% of my work life, I've been employed by black people. So, mm-hmm. you know, to keep feeding into the the idea that black people don't do things together or black people don't work together or they can't do business together, it's not true. And, I, you know, I really wish people would stop preaching that. Or outside of other people preaching it, I really wish we ourselves would stop preaching it and stop believing it because it's not true. I know so many amazing black business owners who are amazing at what they do. Like they really put their best foot forward and they're caring uh, in in their field. You know, it's not competition with somebody else. I know a bunch of other restaurant owners, and when we link up, it's yo, how's business going? Like it's. It's not a competition, you know. I have women friends who are restaurant owners too, and I'll hit them like, "Yo, I need to get away from my restaurant. I'm coming for you." <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's a blessing. It's it's really a blessing to really see us go against the grain of what we are consistently told. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you touched on you touched on so many points that I was trying to 
take, I had little sticky notes that I was sticking inside my brain because I'm like, okay, I got to get this point. I got to grab this point. I got to grab this point. You touched on so many things that I want to go back and talk about. And I'm hoping that I can pull some of these sticky notes out of my brain. But I'm so glad that you touched on a lot of points that I love making when I have these conversations. And that's one of the reasons that I started my brand, and that's one of the reasons that I have stuck with doing media. It's not something that I started out doing. This is I love it now. I, I grew into loving it, and I realized that it was a space that I needed to be in. And I really love ha- talking to people, and I'm one of those people that's like an uh, introverted extrovert. Like, I love my peace. I love my people, like I love my people, you know what I mean? And, I, and I, I'm really particular about the vibes of other people and Absolutely. the people that I have around me. Like I'm really picky about um, just other people's vibes and making sure that you're not bringing those just, just yes. you get what I'm saying? So that's why that's I call true. myself like a, an introverted extrovert, because like I'm only introverted when your vibes are off, because I don't want that over here. But I, I welcome everyone <laughs> as long as you're bringing peace. So, um, it's, it's so for me, it's 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 spotlighting businesses like yours. It's spotlighting women like you. It's spotlighting men who support women like you and women like me. And as as difficult as times have been sometimes for me in this industry as a woman, I would never give this up because I get to spotlight women like you and other women like me, and we need platforms like this so that you can tell your story as a child of an immigrant who came to work for another immigrant who can tell stories of other immigrant immigrant children and immigrant women and men who portray a different life and a different story than what the media would like to portray of them and can talk about coming over and actually working and being a positive product of this society and being a positive product of other immigrant families because that's not what the media wants to portray immigrants as. So that's number one, Um, you know, because – and number two, whenever they show the face of immigrants, most of the time they don't look like your face, you know, yeah. hardly ever look like your face. And um, and when they do show the ones that have your face, they don't show the ones that speak the way that you speak. Yeah. They don't show the ones that are building a community of entrepreneurs, you know, they don't talk about how they have gone to college or what, even if they didn't go to college, they aren't showing that they're building a community, that they're going to work, that they're doing all these things and being productive citizens of society. It's always a negative stigma behind the word immigrant. And for you being a part of that word, how does that make you feel when you say, this is what I have to carry with me, how does that make you feel when you're like, that's, that's not who we are? Hey, uh, from personally, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I am proud to be a thriving immigrant in America. And 
for many reasons, right? I think I yeah. came with the advantage growing up in. Go ahead. Everybody dresses or doing amazing things look just like me. So for me, in my mind, I've never had a doubt in my ability to be a successful business owner. My teachers were black. My country leaders were black. My lawyers are black. My construction workers, business owners, the people who own the supermarkets, the people who own the land. When I grew up looking around me, everybody looked like me. And I never understood the disparity until I really moved to the U.S. And I would, simple things like watching television, which I don't even watch TV. I haven't, I stopped watching television like probably eight years ago. And I for sure don't really watch the news because, again, like you said, the way that black, brown people who they consider minority, and that's the word I don't use because for you to use the word minority insinuates that I'm minor and I'm not. Exactly. So I'm very big on what I keep around me as far as subliminal messages from the media. And it's crazy because one day I was watching TV a long time ago. I noticed every time a black woman came on television or a black man in comparison to a white person, if it was a couple, there was never a ring on the black couple's finger. Like something as small as that to just keep that you're not even worthy of marriage, which is also a social construct. However, the just small things like that that's mm-hmm. embedded in your mind and you may not even notice that that's what the media portrays, but why are we not worthy of love and family and marriage? You know, you know, have you seen that Taco Bell commercial? And it comes on um, whether you watch, like, apps or whatever, because I don't watch TV either. I have, like, my certain things that I watch on apps. And right. there's this Taco Bell commercial that they always play whenever we're watching um, the Cavaliers. And we watch our sports on apps. And there's a Taco Bell commercial, and there's this um, young black man who's taking this young white girl on to prom. And I don't know if it's just me, but it kind of bothers me because they're – I'm assuming that these people are supposed to be the parents. And the mom shows shows up and there's – I'm just going to keep it real. So there's a black mom and then there's a white mom and a white dad. So let's just be real. So you're showing that this black kid's black mom showed up to take pictures of him sending him off the prom, but the girl has her parents show yeah, up. His- so it's like, where's his dad? So it's these right. things, like you said, these subliminal messages. So it's like, where's, okay, yes, his dad could have been at work. Yes, he could have had a dad. But why couldn't his dad have been there too? It's like those things yeah. like that really do bother me because I'm just looking at the, and I know it's just a Taco Bell commercial, but if we continue to brush it off like that and say, well, it's just a Taco Bell commercial, it's like, but that is how they continue to perpetuate these stereotypes of us by us brushing it off and saying, oh, it's just a Taco Bell commercial. But if it's just a Taco Bell commercial, then give him his dad too. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's how convincing, right? You, you learn by consistent. Like how does a child learn? A child learns from seeing what's around him and essentially mimicking, Right. 
that's just mm-hmm. how learning and so if I put certain things in certain places the way you work or where you live or the things that you want to spaces that look a certain way, by all means, that's what you're going to follow. You know, so it's not, it's absolutely by design. That's what I believe, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm intelligent enough to know that I could absolutely compare a commercial that was produced by somebody who looked like me and somebody who doesn't look like me. You know? Absolutely. Because it's like I mean, you could say, Well, what if what if the lady was his mom's partner? It's like I mean, why should I have to break the co- why should I have to do that? You know? Why should I have to do so many hypotheticals when it comes to my community? Why do we have to why does everything have to be so hard when it comes to our community? Like, why can't you just give the give the boy, the young man, a dad? I mean, because they don't have to guess whether or not the guy that was there could possibly be the young man's dad. Like, why can't you just give the lady a husband or partner or at least an uncle or just put a black man there so he could be whatever we want him to be? You know, and then we can hypothetical make them whomever. They could be uncles, aunts, cousins, whomever. But put a black man there because you put a white man there and let us make him whomever we'd like for him to be. <laughs> Please. So, <laughs> but again, like you, I am someone who doesn't watch the news and I've seen black people work together. I have worked for black people. I am a black woman who owns a black woman-owned business. And this um, portrayal of us is something that I am uh, constantly working to show that is not true. This is not who we are. And again, like I said, this is why I do what I do, so that I can spotlight businesses like yours and Tasha's (laughs) <laughs> and I love that your name is Tasha, by the way. I really do. I love that your name is Tasha, and you are a black woman-owned brand that is also an immigrant transplant from New York in Atlanta. Like, could that get any more black? <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just let's just talk about the obvious. Could could Tasha? Could you be any more black? Like, seriously. Black, black. <laughs> you know that um, that song that oh, everyone uses on Reels on Instagram? It's like, I'm black, black, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. That is, that is you, Tasha, and I love it. <laughs> and I love it, and I love it. So one other um, thing that you mentioned about you and your group is some of you have been together for 10 years, and some of you have been together a little less than 10 years, and you talked about how you guys work together even through conflicts and disagreements. So talk about that. Like, what do you guys do when you just, there's just a disagreement, and it's like, you know what, I just don't agree. Listen, I don't think we should be glazing the chicken with glaze. I just think it should be. You know, I think it should be crispy or baked. Like, <laughs> what do you guys do when there's disagreements? So, I mean, time, time essentially, well, lucky for us, there's more than two of us, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it just comes, okay, so 
let's vote on it because you say this, you say this, how does it feel? And sometimes it's not up to any of us because sometimes the issues are operational or it's from the customer. So we're like, we're not the ones spending the money. We shouldn't have to decide. So I could like curry chicken all day, but if curry chicken isn't selling, it doesn't make any business sense for us to argue about it because just because I like it. I'm not the one paying the bills at the end of the day. The experience is not for me. The experience is for the guests. Like, we yeah. built this for the guests, for people to come in, embrace who we are, what we're doing, and for them to have a great time. So sometimes it's just you, you really just have to put your ego aside and know that you're being part of the problem as opposed to part of the solution. And that's tricky sometimes. And, again, like, time, sometimes, sometimes you have to sleep on something to really understand, like, certain things are not personal. Sometimes it's just not about you, yes. right? In business, it's not about you. It's about the people who are actually bringing you this. That, I think, we're mature enough to really understand that. Hey, in the heat of us having 100 people in here, does this affect anything? No, it doesn't. So why are we arguing over it? So some, yes. that's kind of how we're solving issues a lot of the time. I love that. I love that. It's like, is it is this going to affect the business? Because this sounds personal. Yep. We have That's bills personal. to pay. <laughs> Baby, this business, this personal sounds like it's really affecting the business, and we have bills to pay. And it's this is a this is a it's a lot of people to divide this check between. So let's get this resolved. <laughs> Exactly. Baby, when there's a lot of people that have cut this check up between, let's go ahead and get this together. <laughs> That's, listen, that, listen, if nothing else <clears throat> will quickly resolve the conflict, it's bringing it back to reminding everyone how many people we have to divide these numbers by. <laughs> we got families to feed that are not our families per se, and people depend on us for their livelihoods, and I, that's that's one of my favorite things about the work that we do. We are able to employ, we have about 120 employees between both restaurants, and I just opened a third restaurant, so add in probably another 10. So it's, when when you really think about about it, it's, it's really not about any of us. Should be Let's told. talk about the inspiration behind the restaurant. So what was the inspiration behind Miss Icy? So Miss Icy's Kitchen originally when we started was a, an ode to Miss Icy, Iceland Walker, who is Sim and Yusuf's grandmother. Um, we wanted a space that honored an immigrant woman, um, and it was perfect because she left such a legacy with her family, and Sim just was just like, that's what we should call it, and we're just like, we love that. Let's do it. Um but outside of the name, we still wanted the restaurant to reflect who we were. We're American Caribbean people, and we have experiences from both sides of, of the water. Um, so how do we translate that for people to really come and experience us while we experience them also? And lucky for us, we're, we're able to kind of mesh worlds together where nobody feels left out, and we're a very inclusive um, company. Like, we, I've never 
or none of us has ever been like, oh, this person shouldn't work here because of whatever reason, or this person is not welcome here because of whatever reason. And I always think it's weird when, you know, we we build this space. I've had <laughs> I've had a lady ask me, a white lady ask me, am I welcome in here? I was like, Man. what? <laughs> it blew my mind. I couldn't understand why she would even ask. I'm like, why would you not be welcome in here? And she couldn't answer. And I'm like, of course, come on in. Would you like to see a menu? Um, but, you know, I'm still learning. Even, I've, even if I've lived in the U.S. for 18 years, there's still experiences that I've never encountered, right? So that was the first time that happened. I was like, hmm. And it kind of just, like, brought me back to people's thought process of, in general, what they expect from us. Or, you know, but to to be able to create spaces where black people feel safe to come and hang out and relax and be their black selves is why we build the spaces that we do. And whether they're um, employed by us, whether they're guests, whether they just want to pop in and say, oh, my God, I didn't know this was here, that's the reaction we look for. And then we want to put our best foot forward also. So when you come in, you're not walking into a, an attitude environment. Like, we want you to come in and have a good time, and we want to provide great service. We want you to feel good because you've literally chosen to spend your money with us. So outside of just the, the business idea or the identity of the restaurant, those things are really big for us. You know, the ability to, and I remember when we started, I said, you know, for me, this is bigger than just having a restaurant. Like, we're able to employ black people and feed their families and then teach them things that they may not know culturally from us because we're from, you know, we have kind of an advantage of being from two different places and then yeah. also learning from them. So, for me, it's, it's really exciting to deal with different people every day because I get an opportunity to consistently learn. And Miss Icy's Kitchen is kind of like a, a chairs where people come. We have regulars from day one, and they know the entire staff, and that's what we want. We want people to never feel like they can't come in here or knock on the door, even if it might be closed, and be like, well, we're closed, go away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just, again, that community aspect of the business that we love and we're happy to keep doing it, honestly. Yeah. I think it's so amazing that you guys have that. And um, as I said, because I know we got to get you to where you need to be, but um, I think it's so amazing going back to the fact that you were able to experience two different cultures. And I always said, you know, people that are upset at immigrants, I'm like, how could you be upset? I'm like, if you really just think back to um, people that get upset at people who um, have English as a second language. I'm like, are you that upset that they have English as a second language, or are you upset that you only have English as your only language? Right. Because <laughs> English really isn't that fun. It's like, <laughs> like they literally know two languages and two cultures. Like, how awesome is that? You only know one, and it's <laughs> pretty boring. So, <laughs> I, 
Oh, you think, ponder upon that and get back to me. So so tell me about the inspiration behind the rebrand and why you guys decided to rebrand. So the rebrand in business, one, you should stay not present, uh, current. Retooling, uh, we learned that that that's just part of it. Don't want to be a dinosaur in a a world that's evolving so quickly. and the pandemic also had a part to play in that. When the pandemic hit, even though we were lucky to survive, we also did not see our full nursery come back. The brunch went to normal, and it got to a point where it was like, okay, like we're we're with we now have so much less staff than we started with, and that was because business wasn't as booming as it was. And we're just like, well, what what do we do now? Um, and then we had just opened another restaurant apartment for me, which is doing crazy numbers, and people are in there every day of the week, and it's like, so what's up? Why? Why I was over here? Why is she not getting any love? Because people then, like uh, shiny new things. That's why. Yes, right? The, the attention span is very – so, you know, we, we kind of employ different tactics to just kind of get people in, and those that work, and it's like – Maybe it's time for a revamp. We're going to be four. Um, let's try and see what happens. So we were just like, all right, how about we sell what we know how to sell? Not that we weren't doing well before, but let's go back mm-hmm. Let's make a really nice Caribbean, high-end Caribbean restaurant. So that's the inspiration with the relaunch. So it's still the same great atmosphere, still the same great service, but some new menu additions, something we pulled off. The crowd favorites remain, but I think it's exciting to walk into a space that's a little more upscale. And then we're a little older now, like, <laughs> uh, so we want we want people to still come and enjoy themselves. In again, what and who we are. Um, so traditional Caribbean food just makes sense. Yes, I'm really excited about coming down and um, visiting the new rebranded restaurant, and also coming to Apartment 4D. I was going to fly down for the relaunch. I may, I'm not going to say that I can't yet. I'm, I've been looking at flights. So just, I really have. So I'm not going to say I'm not coming yet. I don't want to put that in the atmosphere. I don't put that in the universe. So, but I'm looking forward to doing that. So you talked about the pandemic and, you know, how you guys had to make some decisions. So, um, how did you guys remain spiritually grounded as an entrepreneur in making those decisions during the pandemic? Because as you stated, there's five of you guys, and all of you had to make a decision as one. And as an entrepreneur myself, all of us went through highs and lows, and, and it affected whether some of us wanted to admit it or not. Like It really affected a lot of us mentally and spiritually to have to see numbers go lower than what you're used to seeing them go, and you really had to just just be with yourself during these past two and a half years. So how did you remain spiritually grounded during that time? So personally, and I could speak, and all of my partners are pretty, they have their own spiritual practice, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm always just very, I'm, I'm, the one who, I'm the one who comes in and burns sage around the entire restaurant, inside, outside the kitchen, the office. I walk around the whole, the whole plaza 
she's doing crazy black people stuff. <laughs> and the energy that you put out is very important, right? Um, and you have to retain some of your own energy when you're dealing with so many people, when you're dealing with um, just like highs and lows in business and personal life. Uh, so I'm, I'm an avid meditator. So I make sure I meditate every morning. I've been meditating for about 10 years now, and it helps me. I'm not, I, you know, I had to learn that about myself, like when I'm really tired and frustrated. I'm not the nicest person because I'm just like, have anxiety and I'm just like get this done we're not getting it uh, and you kind of feel like you're losing control so thank God for meditation I'm a lot better about okay if you stay calm then everything falls in place because again the energy you put out is essentially what you attract um but when it came when the pandemic hit and everybody was kind of just like oh my god what are we gonna do I was just like oh my god calm down <laughs> it'll be okay um, outside things outside of us are always going to change. We don't control that. Mm-hmm. How are we going to adapt, right? If you mm-hmm. have the ability to adapt, you have the ability to survive, and that's something that I live by. And lucky for me, I'm able to adapt very quickly in a lot of situations just because I'm not about to go down, and that's, that's my primal instinct. Uh, so some of my partners are just like, oh, we're going to have to close. I said, if you want to close, you can close, but I will be here. If you don't want to come, that's fine. I will be here. There are other options. This is yes. a time for us to learn how to build other parts of our business. And I'm going to take that opportunity. I'm not staying at home. I am an essential worker. Yes, yes. And that's essentially what, what I did. And then four of the other partners, three of the other partners, but I bet. We in here too, and we were in. <laughs> we saw a crazy increase in in our takeout business when the um, when the protest started in Atlanta. The Black Lives Matter movement started, and this post was going around that as a bunch of black-owned businesses, and we benefited from that. But had we not been here, we would have not. So I'm always. My motto is control the things you can and apply the things you've learned to the new experiences. Because if it works, odds are it's going to work in several different situations. So for me, I I just like to focus on the things that I can control. The things that I can't control, odds are it probably needs to leave. If it comes back, then it comes back. But we can't move these never made a skilled sailor. If things don't happen, we're not we're not going to learn. We're not yes. going to know how to maneuver. Everything is always going to be in a new situation. We're going to be too busy getting frustrated where you can't even get the lesson. It doesn't really help anybody. You only move on when you learn level one. It's like playing a video game. You don't get to the boss until you beat certain levels. Yes. And that's kind of how I apply um, my own ideas in life. I love it, and I was I remember before when I told you that I was um, sticking little sticky notes in my brain. I was like, okay, uh-huh. listen, she's dropping too many gems. Some of these sticky notes I can't remember. So I wrote down: if you have the ability to adapt, you have the ability to survive. I had to write that down because that is a caption that I'm going to use when I post the promo for this interview because that is a gem. 
that I think needs to be posted. And there's a bunch of other gems you dropped after that. And I just had to pay attention. I'm like, okay, I can't write that fast. I'm just going to go back and re-listen to this and then write them down. And the next thing that I wanted to ask you was some advice to give other entrepreneurs and restaurateurs um, or, you know, entrepreneurs and up-and-coming restaurateurs. But I think you dropped so many gems in the previous answer. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to say, but if you do, please give that. Um, but you said so much, but if you have anything else, please, please give it to them. Um, just, just encourage. Uh, things don't necessarily get easier, but, I mean, you do get better. Take the lesson, you get better. Um, and then don't dwell on the things that didn't go right, right? Um, for me, if you're not present, your energy is kind of like diverted all over the place, and that takes away from your creativity. Um, mm-hmm. And be still. Some days you got to not do anything so you could just really feel yourself and hear yourself. Um, I think that's very important, especially when you're working with other people um, in different environments that have a lot of, you know, different personalities, characters, energies. Like, it's important really to take care of of yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. Sometimes your physical health impacts your mental health. So just, you know, remain encouraged, take care of yourself, because that is very important. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. The pandemic for me helped me focus more on my self-care and my self-love. And it really made me realize how much I was neglecting those aspects of my life. I didn't notice that before because I had always been on go, on go, on go, on go, on go. And the pandemic really made me sit still longer than I had ever sat still in my life. And I just, I was like, I really haven't been loving myself for a really long time. And I, how did this happen? So I, great advice. So the last couple of questions is centered around women. So with this being Women's History Month and, um, uh, International Women's Day just passed on the 8th. What does women empowerment mean to you? But before we get into women empowerment, we have been talking about self-love and you have been talking about self-care as well. So let's start with self-love. What does self-love mean to you? Um, self-love is tricky, right? Yes. I feel like self-love is selfish, but Everything has a, and I hate the word selfish because it has a, a negative connotation. So I always tell people, self-love is not selfish because it's love. Love love is never selfish, right? Um, so for me, self-love is discipline. So it could be the smallest thing. We, we could be like, oh, I'm not going to eat this today. I know it's not good for me. And uh, here you go. You're eating it even though. That, that takes discipline. So if you're disciplined like within the things that you set for yourself and the more you reap those little rewards where you feel better you're like oh that feels good that makes me feel good if it makes you feel good odds are it's good for you right and I don't mean in a frivolous oh I want to go do this because I'm happy in the moment if you really sit down and think of it like okay happy in the moment let's say being drunk and tomorrow you wake up and your body feels like trash that's not necessarily self-love, right? Mm-hmm. I think people have mistakes of, well, I'm just going to do what I want because I'm going to take care of myself. I'm like, uh, 
I, I feel like some days we we take advantage of the word self-love to kind of be selfish to other people, and that, that should not be the intention. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, self-love doesn't offend anybody else who mm-hmm. is in a mature mindset. Because some people will get offended just to be offended, like let's face it, right? Yeah. But I think self-love is still loving to yourself, to other people around you. I, I can't think of something that I've done for myself that was good for me that the people around me felt like, well, you did this in, in the name of self-love, but it, it offended everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Um, so for me, self-love means discipline, honestly. That's a great answer. And I always... I always say this when people give their self-love answer, when they talk about it as being disciplined or or not being, it's like they say, like you said, it's about being selfish, but not selfish to the point where you're not giving to others. And I always like to remind people and say, you have to be selfish enough to love yourself enough in order to love other people because you can't pour. I always say this in every interview, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to be selfish enough to where you've learned to love yourself enough in order to love other people. Mm-hmm. Then it, that's when it's no longer selfish and it no longer harms other people because now you've loved to learn yourself enough to where now you're able to give back to other people because I can't mm-hmm. love you until I've learned to love myself and that's when it's disciplined and that's when it's no longer harmful to other people. Absolutely. <laughs> So so now we can talk about women empowerment. So as I said, we just celebrated International Women's Day, and now this is National Women's History Month. So I know you talked about Miss Icy um, being someone that was influential in your life um, as the restaurant business and some other women that have been influential in your life and coming over to the States. So if there's any other women that have been influential to you, or um, and you can also talk about what women empowerment means to you as well. Now's the time you have the floor. <laughs> um, women empowerment is is so impactful on so many levels. Like outside of women bearing children, you know, just continuing mankind. <laughs> um, I think just the 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 softness that the world needs um, comes from women, right, on so many levels of business, friendship, and romantic relationships, you name it. Um, it's important because what, what would it be like if women weren't here? And I've been blessed enough to have some very just, like, smart, um, resilient, resourceful women in my life who even though the lessons weren't direct, where they're like, I'm going to teach you this, but I've just watched them work and watched them maneuver through life and just how amazing they are at that while still being so selfless. Um, so for me, it's, it's big because I I am a woman who now gets to be a representation for other women because of the women who are in my life, or who are in my life. And that's an honor. I had an interview the other day, and I said if I could inspire one person, one person a day or a year, if I could inspire one person to just feel encouraged and be like, 
I could get up and I could do this, then I'm happy with that. You know, I think there's a lot of noise around us that says, well, women shouldn't do this and women shouldn't know why. How is that your role model? Like, you choose your role model based on what makes you feel good. You know what I mean? It's not up to anybody else to say, well, you shouldn't follow a rap artist because that's not up to us. I, I always say to people, like, if you're getting a benefit that doesn't harm anybody else and it makes you better and it makes you positive and energetic about life, then that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you today. Sure. And <laughs> I am very proud to have gotten a chance to get to know you a lot more And I really appreciate the fact that, again, you took time out of your platter of things that you have to do for this rebrand and this re-grand opening of Miss Icy's Kitchen. And I'm looking forward to coming and seeing all the new things and new improvements that you guys have made to the space. Congratulations on Apartment 4B and all of your other restaurants and places that you've opened you are so amazing. Again, I love that your name is Tasha. Black girl magic. Like, you just exude it all. And shout out to the buns. Shout out to the slickbacks. Okay? Listen, we're doing the dang thing today, okay? We are doing it. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I, I, am, I am grateful. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. All of your, listen, all the things, all the shenanigans, all the things that you guys still have left to do, I'm sending positive vibes and affirmations your way. I'm sending, listen, I, look, I, my sage is upstairs, but pretend my tissue is the sage. I'm saging everything for you guys, all right? And, and, I'm, and I'm charging some crystals up in the moonlight for you. I really do have crystals upstairs in the window. I'm one of those people. <laughs> but thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll get everything over to India for you guys within two days, okay? But thank you. I, I'm grateful for this. This was amazing. Thank you. So much. You're welcome. <laughs>